Rome. And so, it, 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 you know, it's, it's just going to be inevitable. But, uh, you know, God is good. He's still in heaven. And uh, it reminds me of the days when we, when we had to pack up and pack, unpack and pack back up every single Sunday morning in several different locations. <laughs> so I don't think I could remember them all or else I'd name them. So uh, great to see all, all of you. Um, so our New Year's revolution, huh? Okay. Did anyone make a uh, revolution about their job or where they work or anything like that? Anybody? Nobody. Okay. All right then. Maybe you. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you. So, sorry. Well, uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Is is you know the resolution about your job and your career, your business, whatever you've got going, whatever you've got going in. And the message I kind of titled it when I was working on it: How to succeed in business. And again, another disclaimer. How many of you like theater? You like like the theater? Okay, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Ann. Thank you. Right. Uh, I happen to love the theater. And uh, have you ever heard of the song, uh, the the uh, play, uh, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying? Yeah. Well, that's not what this is about. Okay. Um, but uh, I almost named it something else because of that such a popular popular uh, production. Um, but it was about. Uh, that play was about a, a guy named uh, Pierpont Finch, and he was a window washer. And you know, it's it's a noble profession, but he wanted to he wanted to go further in his life, you know. So he he bought this book called How to Succeed in Business. And the problem with that, well, he gets a job in a big corporation, right? And he starts out right at the bottom, which back then is in the mailroom, right? So, but the book, How to Succeed in Business that he buys, is all about how to cheat, how to steal, how to backstab, you know, how to get people fired so you can move up, all of those things. No. Does it work? Did it work? Yeah, it worked real good. Before he knew it, he was moved up to vice president of advertising. Okay. But today, we're going to look at what God says about how to succeed in business, in your job, in your work, in life in general, really. So, without any uh, further ado, the wisest man that ever lived, his name was Solomon. And he wrote two books of the Bible. One was Proverbs, one was Ecclesiastes. These are just full of practical wisdom. And work is really a major theme of Proverbs, if you've ever gone through it. Great book. Great. It's a great book to pray. If you, if you take it verse by verse and just pray those verses, fantastic. Um, but it says you could tell how wise a person is by how they approach their work. So I'm going to give you an overview of what Proverbs has to say. We're going to go through a lot of scriptures. And a little bit of Ecclesiastes too, because he wrote both. And it'll be God's version about how to succeed in business. So the foundation of these principles, about how to succeed, the first one is in Proverbs 16.3. And it says, commit your work to the Lord, then it will succeed. Proverbs 3.6 is just like, commit your, in everything you do, put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. That's a promise. Remember that. That's a promise from God. That's the foundation for job success. Put God first. 
And I know that kind of sounds like a platitude, right? Well, there you go. Put God first. Thank you all for coming. All right? No. Well, the thing is, how do you do that? You know, it's by applying biblical principles to your career. And today we're going to look at six of those principles. These six principles apply to everybody, whether you're a student, um, whether you're an employee, whether you're an employer, a CEO. It doesn't matter what stage of your life you're at. They apply to you. The first one is this. Know your why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Successful people know their why. They have a sense of mission about it, right? Do you know why you work? Successful people have a purpose behind their work. Now, let me explain that. A doctor and a lawyer, they may have some sort of lofty, you know, those you know, kind of high-level positions. They may have something lofty like, you know, heal people, change the world, um, uh, correct injustice, you know, those sort of things. But, you know, for some of us, our mission is to put food on the table, right? It's about put a roof over our kids' heads. Those sort of things. It's your mission. It's why you're doing what you're doing. Proverbs 17:24 says this. An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many, many directions. Do you know anybody like that? Somebody going off in 50 different directions all at once? Yeah. Regardless of what kind of job you have, you need to have a goal, a direction for what you're doing. Why are you working? Have you ever really asked yourself that? Think about this. What's the first words ever recorded of Jesus in the Bible? It's, I must be about my father's business. Now there's a mission, right? Do you remember his last words before he was crucified? That's right. It is finished. So look at those bookends. I must be about my father's business. And then, mission accomplished. It is finished. Proverbs 13, 16 says this. A wise man thinks ahead. A fool doesn't. And he even brags about it. You've probably heard that before with different words. Have you ever heard, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail? Yeah, same thing. Right? Proverbs 21, 5 says this. The plans of the diligent lead to profit. You may have heard that before. It kind of sounded like plan your work and work the plan. Yeah. It's a lot of wisdom in Proverbs. Sometimes we just say it just a little bit differently. Diligent people plan their work. They have a purpose. The second thing I want to talk about, the second major point, is insist on integrity. If you haven't got integrity, you haven't got anything. Regardless of what you do, insist on integrity. Nothing lasts without integrity. Proverbs 10.9 says this. A man of integrity, poor woman, right, walks securely, but he who takes crooked paths will be found out. It's going to catch up to you. You've heard that before. See, the world cares about what you look like, your image. You know, people say, how you doing? They say, fine. Fine typically means frustrated, insecure, neurotic, and evasive. Okay. So what are you really? 
Who are you like inside? The world looks at the outside. What do you like on the inside? God says, if you're an employer, pay him a fair wage. If you're a salesman, don't cheat the customer. Don't lie. Insist on integrity. Proverbs 21, 6 says this. Dishonest gain will never last. So why even take the risk? You're going to get caught. Proverbs 12, 3 says, Wickedness never brings real success. It doesn't work. Back to our friend Pierpont from How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. He was in advertising. And so much of advertising depends and relies on something called vermicillitude. Vermicillitude. Interesting word. It means it sounds like the truth. Is it the truth? No, not at all. It just has the appearance of it. It's not truth. It just seems like it. See, in some minds, there's a difference between lying and cheating. Lying is awful. It's despicable. Don't be around liars. Don't lie. It's terrible, terrible thing to be. But cheating? Well, you know, not really hurting anyone. You know, so what? You know, it's, the government's got plenty of money. Cheated a little on my taxes. What's the harm? Well, I know that cream doesn't really make them look 20 years younger. <laughs> but it's clinically proven. <laughs> clinically proven means there's no real research to back it up. So, both cheating and lying, they both mean there's no integrity involved in that at all. <coughs> so whatever happened to ethics? Where are we at in our country right now? Oh, you know what's really awful? Greed combined with technology. You know, how much trouble do we have to go through these days to keep ourselves safe and not get ripped off or anything when we're on the internet or answering an email or serve, you know, technology. It's, there isn't a week go by that I don't get scammed, you know, with some sort of email. I had one come by fax last week. I had one come by fax in quite a while. I'm going to read you just a couple of sentences out of it. It's kind of funny once you think of it. It is my pleasure to contact you with this legitimate profiting business proposition. <laughs> there is an unclaimed permanent life insurance policy held by our deceased client. $11,550,300 uh, United States dollars. The late Dr. Marcus Miller. Oh. And he has the same last name as you and could be a distant relative. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is my last sermon. So. <laughs> Dave, by lunch. Yeah, lunch I need it. Uh, I propose the sharing of the proceeds as follows. 45% each and 10% to charity organizations. Oh, golly. I actually looked it up, and there's a lot of these sort of things coming out of Canada right now. So, uh, anyway. So, so here we go. Proverbs 16.11 says this. The Lord demands fairness in every business deal. And it's up to us to take action on that. It's up to us to do that. God says if you want to succeed... Okay, first, know your why. The second thing, 
insist on integrity if you want to succeed with his blessing. That's right. There's an integrity crisis in our country right now, isn't there? Now, insist on integrity. Yeah. The third principle, never, ever make excuses. Proverbs has a lot to say about lazy people. And it's one of the biggest things in there besides, besides work. It calls a lazy person a sluggard. And it says a sluggard, they accuse and they, and they blame everybody else. They make excuses. Proverbs 22.13 says, the lazy man is full of excuses. I can't go to work, he says. If I go outside, I might meet a lion in the street and be killed. I wonder how many lions prowled the uh, streets of Jerusalem back when this was written. So, yeah. It's amazing the excuses that people come up with. Oh, yeah. We can get real creative when we rationalize, right? But you know what rationalize means, don't you? It's a rational lie. Yeah. So, Rick Warren very famous pastor, he made a list of excuses of why people don't go to church. And he said, I wonder what they would sound like if you used them not to go to a football game since the Super Bowl is coming up with, you know, Kansas City Chiefs, thank you very much. Uh, so anyway, he applied, he applied excuses not to go to church to not going to a football game. Some of them are pretty funny. Might have to think about a couple of them about what he's getting at. Every time I went to a game, the coach asked for money. <laughs> Come on, that's a good one. The people I sat next to weren't very friendly. The seats were too hard and not comfortable at all. You know, I used to go to all the games, but the coach never came to call on me, even once. Okay. The referee made decisions I just couldn't agree. You know, the games go into overtime and I'm late getting home. The band played music I'd never heard of. It was too loud and it's just not my style. Tom, Tom liked that one. So, yeah. They always schedule the games when I have to take my kids to church. Think about that one. I sat next to a group that talked during the whole game. How about this one? I was taken to too many games by my parents when I was growing up. <laughs> that was my favorite too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we have all kinds of creative excuses for things. Proverbs 14.23 says this, work brings profit, talk brings poverty. Do you know people who are great talkers but there's no action behind it? Yeah, I know a lot of those people. You know what? You know what they say about those people in Texas? Big hat, no cattle. <laughs> they got great plans, though. All kinds of plans. It's great. Ecclesiastes five seven says this: dreaming instead of doing is foolishness. Isn't it great that like a lot of this stuff in Proverbs? You, you know it already, but you've kind of heard it in a different way. Yeah. Lazy people live in a fantasy world. Yeah. Always looking at tomorrow, not today. They're always dreaming. They're never facing reality. You know, television is kind of a packaged fantasy, right? 
It used to be, you know, if you wanted a dream, you went to sleep. And now you can just turn on the television and just get distracted from all your problems as long as you want. It's our escape from reality. Proverbs 13, 4 says this. Lazy people want much but get little, while the diligent are prospering. Hmm. Have you ever heard, I'm just waiting for my ship to come in? You ever heard that? Have you wanted to say, hey, swim out to the ship? You know? Quit waiting for it to come in. Go get it. It's there for you. Solomon wrote so much about this laziness and, and going after it yourself. He says laziness destroys your life. It saps you of your energy. So don't make excuses if you want to succeed in business and in life. Don't make excuses. Number four is a very kind of a personal one to me. Keep learning. Never stop learning. Proverbs 15, 14 says this. Intelligent people want to learn, but stupid people are satisfied with ignorance. Is there any people where you work that are brain dead? Yeah, I've known a couple. You know, the last time they opened up a book was before finals in high school? Yeah. Well, I have to admit, that was me after high school. You know, after high school, oh, that's it. I'm done. Time to move on. You know, got my diploma. And I stopped learning and I stopped growing. But not to go into it, but thank God. Thank God guided me. Guided me to look into the mirror. Didn't really like what I saw. Well, I learned to learn. I learned that if I wanted to succeed, I could never stop learning. Got myself back to school. Proverbs 18.15 says this. The intelligent man is always open to new ideas. In fact, he looks for them. So how do you treat new ideas? Don't like them? You know, it's, a lot of churches get stale like that. Well, we've never done it that way before. Who are all these new people? I want my old church back. You know, I actually heard that before. Are you adaptable? Are you flexible? You know, do you want change? See, the worst thing that you can be called in business is a dinosaur. Yeah. Well, dinosaurs went extinct, and there's a reason why. They couldn't adapt to their environment. Right? Because it's changing all the time. My guess is, yeah, you've, you've worked with a few dinosaurs. Well, to grow and to learn, you have to be developing and changing all the time, learning, maturing. So where do you learn? Well, of course, the first place that I'm going to say is God's Word. Yeah, Proverbs 13, 13. Despise God's Word and you'll find yourself in trouble, but obey it and you'll succeed. Remember these promises. Second, learn from wise people. You know, iron sharpens iron. It does. You have somebody in your life you can get advice from, from people? Yeah. Proverbs 15.22 says, Get all the advice you can and you'll succeed. Without it, you'll fail. And third, learn from critics. Proverbs 13.18 says this, If you accept criticism, you're on the road to fame. I don't know about you, but I don't always like criticism. <laughs> you know, it's really hard to take sometimes because 
what's being criticism is something that you've done and maybe you thought you did a good job on it and there's you know, some stuff that could improve. But we can learn from it, can't we? Fourth, fourth principle in how to succeed is learn from your failure. You know, you'll learn more from failures than you do success. Proverbs 28.13 says this, a man or woman who refuses to admit his mistakes can never prosper. But if he confesses them and forsakes them, he gets another chance. And I tell you, boy, I need all the chances I can get. I don't know about you. I've made some deuces in my life. So learn from your mistakes. Thomas Edison, you've probably heard this before, 10,000 different ways to make a light bulb and they were all failures. And he said, no, they weren't failures. I just learned 10,000 ways how not to do it. I'm still on my way. He grew, he developed. Five, manage your time and energy. Fifth principle, manage your time and energy. How often have you heard, where did all the time go? You know, or, oh my goodness, where did the week go? You get to be my age and like, my goodness, where did all the years go? Right? Well, time is an equal opportunity employer. We all get 168 hours a week, and that's all we get. But how are some people able to do so much more with the same amount of time? They economize their time and their energy. The Bible teaches us to number our days, to know how many that we have and realize that. And it also says, make the most of your time because the days are evil. Time management is really a spiritual issue. <laughs> the point here is don't waste your time, don't waste your energy. So, next slide. There's a right time and there's a right way to do everything, all of it. The problem is we're not skilled at it. And maybe one of the best things, one of the most spiritual things we can do is maybe check into time management. Buy a book. Read it up. Figure out how to make more of your time. Ecclesiastes 10.10 says this. If the axe is dull and its edge is unsharpened, more strength is needed. But skill will bring success. Hmm. This is not about money. It's really about abundant life. Let me, let me get into that a little bit. It takes more energy with a dull axe. It takes longer. That's why we're tired all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically here. We have to sharpen our skills on what we do at work. You've heard it said before, this proverb, work smarter, not harder, right? No matter what you do, develop your skills so you can make more time for yourself. It's not just intentions. It's not just, you know, being determined or commitment, but all those things are good. Martin Luther King put it this way. If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great sweeper who did his job well. Wow. There are three things you can do with your time. Number one, you can waste it. Okay. Number two, you can invest time. 
You can invest it in things that matter, things that you want to do, good things. Could you use a vacation? Yeah, that's a good, good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Spending time with the people you love. The third thing that you can do is you can, you can spend time. Yeah, that's doing the things that you love. You can, you can waste time, you can spend time, you can invest time. You can spend things, spend time on things that are fun, things that are good for you, things that matter in the long run, whether it's a mission, whether it's uh, 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 you, you know, helping and witnessing or do whatever you want to do. Maybe you have to have time for those things. And the last thing is stick with it. What I'm talking about here is stamina and endurance. Proverbs 22, 29 says, you know a hardworking man or woman? He shall be successful and stand before kings. See, winners simply don't know how to quit. They persevere, they endure, they keep going. They're determined. They keep on keeping on. Oh, sure, they make mistakes. They stumble, they fall. They don't give up. They keep going and going and going. You know, it's like the Energizer Bunny. They don't give up. They keep going and going. Rocky Balboa said it like this, that sage, that's that, that prophet. <laughs> Rocky Balboa, you, okay, okay. You, me, nobody is going to get hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. You see, there's a difference between failing and failure. Rocky knew that, so did Thomas Edison. If at first you don't succeed, welcome to the human race. You know, you don't give up. You stick with it, regardless of the economy, regardless of your situation at work, regardless of what the people are saying around you. Successful people don't give up. Even good people fail. Even righteous people stumble. They make mistakes. They lose money. They do dumb things sometimes. But they get up again. They get up. They get up again. <coughs> they don't give up. That is the mark of a winner. If you're discouraged this morning, you don't have to be. What are you looking at? What are you, what are you, what are you choosing to look at? Is the cup half full? Is the cup half empty? I encourage you to think on God's word. Ah, oh, the promises of God. You just read a bunch of them. There's so many good promises for us in the Bible. Also look at what God says about you. God loves you. And here's, a, here's an, an eye opener. There's nothing you can do about that. God couldn't love you anymore. God couldn't love you any less. It's not about what you do. It's about what he did. God loves you so much and has so much for you. That, thinking about that, is a choice. So you look at those six things 
that we learned today about how to succeed in business. Know your why. Why are you here? What's your mission? Get in touch with Jesus Christ and find out what that mission is in your life. Insist on integrity. Are you a person committed to integrity? Are you ready to say, I'm not going to cheat, I'm not going to lie, even if it costs me my job? I'll tell you what, God takes care of that kind of person. Never make excuses. What's your go-to What's your go-to excuse? Mine as well, I've got too much going on. I can't, I just can't, I'm sorry. Here's another one, what, for some of you here today, what's your excuse for not giving your life to Christ? What's your excuse? Today could be your day. Do it now, take, take action now. Don't procrastinate. We'd love to talk with you after service. Number four was keep learning. Have you stopped learning and growing, changing? It's one of the keys to success. And manage your time and energy. What's one of the biggest time wasters in your life right now? You know, social media, what is it? Identify them. Where are the areas that waste my time? What are the big ones? And finally, stick with it. Have you felt like giving up? Yeah. Keep on keeping on. Now, it may not be at the same job. Never give up on your mission, ever. If you know it's the will of God, go after it with all your life, everything you've got inside you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. There's so much practical information in there. Father, I just ask that you allow us to leave here with a bit of something that we can apply to our lives. God, I want to learn to work with the mission. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, help me with my integrity that it's always front and center, Lord. Lord, I'm not going to make any more excuses, Lord. I'm going to get after it, especially when you prompted me. Lord, help me to start learning again. Father, I want to commit to using my time and my energy well. So I have time for those things that really matter. And Lord, help me to never give up on what you told me to be your will. If you don't know the Lord, would you pray with me right now? Just say, Jesus Christ, I want to follow you. I give everything to you, my past, my present, my future, the good, the bad, and the goals, all that I have, everything. I lay it at your feet. Save me, Lord, be my savior. Father, help us to be hearers and doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. We do one more song together, and then uh, prayer teams will be up front if anybody has anything. Somebody pray with them.